Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Addict, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because we've scheduled an Oscar results roundtable, and three of our favorite critics are here to rant and rave about this year's annual Academy Awards telecast, which was aired on ABC last Sunday. Our distinguished roundtable participants are definitely qualified for this assignment. They all share a passion for movies and an ability to talk about films in a candid and entertaining way. That's why we call on them so often. And speaking of their qualifications, here goes. Diana is the entertainment editor for San Diego's East County Gazette, as well as editor of Classic Movie Guide and Review Express. She's won numerous awards for her perceptive film-related articles and her New Year's Eve club romance novelette. Diana is also the author of Everyone Wants My Job, the ABCs of Entertainment Writing, which I use as a resource book and, uh, and really, really appreciate the work she put into that book. Mark writes uplifting and very enlightening freelance articles for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and has served as a staff blogger for Milwaukee Magazine's official film blog. He's recently received a local Emmy, yay, for his work on one of his projects for the Milwaukee Summer Entertainment Camp. And AJ, also known as the Mad Movie Man, contributes creative film reviews to sites like Classic Movie Guide, Review Express, Terror Tube, Real Talk Movie Reviews, and his popular blog, CineSlice, and that's C-I-N-E-S-L-I-C-E. We'll bring our guests on um, as soon as I tell you, uh, listeners, a little bit about the chat room. If you are interested in um, making some comments or raising some questions uh, during our uh, roundtable today, please join the chat room and feel free to do so. Nikki Starr, our producer, will be in the chat room and... um, We are sorry to say that we've taken the banners down and we've taken the red carpet up, but the complimentary concession stand is still in operation, so enjoy yourselves, and that's one way that we can show how much we appreciate the people who sign up for the chat. And, of course, we appreciate all our other listeners, and we appreciate Diana, Mack, and AJ for taking time to be with us today. Well, they've been waiting patiently in the green room, so let's bring them on now. Ladies first, of course. Uh, Diana, I know that, like me, you are um, happy that we've survived another Oscar award season. And I'm very curious to know, what was your biggest surprise at Sunday's Academy Awards telecast? (laughs) Well, you're not going to believe it. My biggest surprise was the pizza stuff. (laughs) Oh, 
big a surprise. <laughs> Did you get any pizza, though? Well, you know, when no. she first took the orders, I thought, she is really kidding, isn't she? I mean, they're not really going to let her bring pizza in, and they did. It was it was funny. It was done well, I think. Well, it it was different. It, it definitely was a very, very surprising. And I, I want to call on uh, Mac next because when he heard about this show, uh, he, he told me that wild horses couldn't keep him from uh, being here to discuss the Oscar results. So, yeah. Mac, what's, what surprised you uh, the most? Was it this uh, pizza delivery gag that Ellen had, or, or do you have another big surprise that you found oh, in that show? I, I, oh, well, you know, actually I watch uh, Ellen's uh, daytime talk show pretty often, and normally uh, she does gags like that on her show. You know, not, maybe yeah. not quite in the same vein, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of uh, – I kind of knew – that at some point a pizza delivery guy was going to show up, or at least that she would come out with pizzas and, you know, kind of hand them out to uh, different people in the audience. So that that was I kind of telegraphed that. But the uh, biggest surprises for me of the night were uh, probably the one that's gone the most viral uh, outside of the uh, musical performances, and that would be John Travolta butchering Adina Menzel's name before she came out to perform the uh, Oscar-winning song from Frozen. And um yeah. And the other surprise would probably be when um, uh, the selfie, another another of her gags, when she said, "Yeah, let's let's see if we can break Twitter," and they actually did. You know, when she took a picture, <laughs> you know, with her and Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts and um, um, Jennifer Lawrence and and uh, uh, Lapita and Yango and a lot of other people in the picture as well, uh, Brad and Angelina um, um, and a, other, a couple others, and yeah, they actually broke Twitter. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, it was, and I thought she was kidding when when she said that. So that was a that was a big surprise that it that it actually happened. And uh, I wonder what uh, AJ found uh, as the biggest surprise uh, on uh, at Sunday's Oscar ceremony. AJ. Well, for for uh, speaking of the wins, I don't think there were any surprises there. There was a it was it was pretty predictable ceremony all around but for me like the biggest surprise is that Ellen was an even worse host than she was in 2007 although I think we'll, we'll get around to talking about her in a little bit <laughs> I'm jump ahead of the gun here Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that was uh, uh, well. There's I have mixed I have mixed uh, feelings about that, but uh, I, I disagree with you on the that there weren't any surprises uh, for the wins. I I really was surprised when they announced that the winner of the um, original screenplay was uh, Spike Jones for her. Not that not that I think he uh, he didn't deserve it, but mm-hmm. I don't think that was predicted by, by very many people. I thought that was sort of going to be a lock for um, American Hustle, uh, which that was another big surprise that American Hustle, uh, out of ten nominations, I think, didn't win one single yeah. thing. So that was uh, that was quite a quite a big surprise for uh, for me. Well, in addition to surprises, there were some priceless moments this year, I thought. And Diana, do you have any uh, favorite moments that um, you you thought were were priceless this year? Um, I really enjoyed Bette Midler. That I was surprised to see her there. We haven't seen her in a while. I thought she did a great job. And um, just some of the speeches, you know, that uh, were just really, really good. They were, I think, over-the-top surprising, some of them. And, um, of course, it was a surprise for the uh, – I can't even think of the name. Judy Garland, Wizard of Oz. 
little dig Yay. card. That was that was good. I like that. And um, I, of but course, you know, like AJ said, none, the none of the Oscars were in fact. I had them all picked out before, and mine were all right on. How about that? <laughs> well, those were favorite. <laughs> those were favorite moments for you. I, my favorite. I had about nine favorite uh, moments because uh, Gravity won seven awards out of the ten, and Frozen won two. So whenever uh, those two films were named as winners, I mean, I I was uh, standing up and cheering. So those were definitely favorite <laughs> moments for me. But I agree with you about The Wizard of Oz too. I thought that 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 tribute just bowled me over those beautiful project huge projections of scenes from the movie in the background, which to me never has been equaled. You know, I, that is just one of my favorite movies. I'm looking at uh, Judy Garland and Frank Morgan and the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion and the Tin Woodman are all looking down at me right now because that's where I get inspiration. You know, looking up at that. <laughs> and so I was so happy they did that. I, I, seventy-five years of uh, that movie still being so popular. I think it deserved a, it deserved a tribute. So uh, that was definitely one of my one of my very very favorite uh, moments. And um, how how about you, Mac? What what were your favorite moments? Oh, I, you know, I loved um, Pharrell's performance when he got everybody to stand up because I, I that's the sort of dance a song rather when you hear it happy. You know, you'd have to pretty much be comatose not to at least want to, you know, kind of, you know, wiggle around in your seat a little bit, even when you're driving. This is one of those kind of infectious songs that if you're not completely over it by now, and I am thankfully I haven't got to that point where they played it so much where I'm over it, it, it you know, it actually makes you want to dance. So I, I love that performance, and I love how he um, managed to integrate some of the uh, uh, celebrities into, like, Meryl when she shimmied and Lapita when she got up and did her thing, and uh, Amy Adams when she, you know, got up in the audience and, and you know, Kind of shimmyed as well. I just thought that was great, and he brought down the house. I loved U2's performance. I thought uh, Bono rocked it like he normally does it. You know, completely uh, expected that he would get up there and give a great performance. I loved uh, a lot of the acceptance speeches, particularly um, from some of the uh, you know the, the winners of the you know the more prominent categories. Lapita, her speech instantly comes to mind. Certainly when she gave. Um, a shout-out to all the, the little kids out there with dreams, you know, hold on to them because, you know, anything's possible. I, I firmly believe that. Um, I loved uh, Jared Leto's speech and his tribute to his mom. I thought that was beautiful. I thought uh, Matthew McConaughey's speech was uh, um, very well delineated. You know, normally he comes off as kind of, um, for lack of a better word, kind of, you know, a uh, pothead, I guess. <laughs> but this time around, it seemed like he went up there and actually – you know, spoke from the heart as opposed to, you know, just kind of, you know, speaking like he just, you know, t- t- taking a toke or something. But um, I thought he was great. And um, I loved the sheer, uh, uh, you know, just over- overwhelming emotion that um, that uh, Steve McQueen had after he finished uh, giving his acceptance speech when 12 Years a Slave gave one best picture and he, you know, kind of jumped up in the air because a lot of people, when they go to these award shows, they feel like they have to be very hemmed in. They feel like they mm-hmm. have to be very on guard. And in that moment, it was just a completely, it was a personal moment played out in front of billions of people. Because when somebody yeah. achieves something like that, you know, there's certain emotions that go into, into that mix. You know, this, this, this guy, he's a filmmaker, and he's probably dreamed of this moment or thought of this moment any number of times over the years. And, you know, to have that play out in front of billions of people and then to be, you know, just so overwhelmed that you just have to let it out somehow – you know, it's. I, I just thought that was yeah. great. I thought that was great. And you know, some people he'll he'll take flack for it from some people, 
and the other people like me who was like, you know what, shut up, let him have his moment, and you know he, he it was well deserved. So those those were um, some of my favorite moments. Oh, those were great. I I'm so glad that you mentioned the happy number because oh I I picked there's one one little one little girl in the in the dance group that just you could just tell she was so delighted to be part of that group and mm-hmm. uh, I I I thought that they 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 all did. Uh, they did very very well, and you did want to get up and dance with the with that uh, with that number. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And AJ, how about you? What were your favorite moments? Well, like Max said, uh, the happy number was kind of a pleasant little uh, pleasant little uh, surprise there. Like because uh, I had uh, you know I had seen Despicable Me too, and I was there with friends who'd seen it, and we were all like, wait a second, where was that in the movie? Because we just kind of forgot about that song, but it was a nice, peppy song. You know, Pharrell performed it really well. It was really lively, and getting the uh, audience members involved, too, was really fun. And so that was a cool little uh, treat. But uh, one of the highlights of the evening for me was when uh, Amy Adams and Bill Murray were presenting the award for uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Best Cinematography, I believe, and then Bill Murray gave a shout-out to Harold Ramis, which I thought was was really cool. Yeah, that was. That was great. I I agree. I agree. That uh that was unexpected and it is sometimes those unexpected moments that are that are so priceless and and uh Yeah, was, and, and he was, was very and he was very gracious about it and considering you know they had kind of been estranged for uh many years until just before uh Harold Ramis died. So it was it was a very very well handled tribute and it, it came from the heart from him and yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I was surprised to hear that. I had no idea they had uh, kind of fallen out during the making of uh, Groundhog Day and had really not spoken to each other up in you know from that from you know, the time they made that film until you know he passed. That was I was surprised to hear that. Yeah, I I think that that was he from the heart. That definitely that was that was from the heart. And uh, I know we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit more about acceptance speeches, but I just have to say that. Uh, I will always remember Robert De Niro when uh, he was on stage doing uh, uh, the presenting of awards for best screenplay. Yeah. And all three, all four of us are writers. So what he what he said, you know, I'm gonna I, I wrote it down, so I'm, I'm gonna read it so the listeners know what I'm talking about. He said, the mind of a writer can be a truly terrifying thing, isolated, neurotic, caffeine-addled, crippled by procrastination, and consumed by feelings of panic, self-loathing, and soul-crushing inadequacy, and that's on a good day. (laughs) I'm going to frame that here. That would be a good quote to have. (laughs) I think we all, all of us, as writers, identify identify with that. I don't know whether he made that up or the writers gave it to him or it's a quote from somebody else, but I thought that was definitely classic. Well, Well, we need to go to the other extreme. AJ, what do you think were the worst moments from this year's show? I think you hinted at it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> really, I thought it was so subtle. I'm surprised you picked up on it. Uh, yeah, I was definitely not a fan of uh, Ellen's uh, hosting duties this year. Like, it, it got she got off to 
a fairly strong start. You know, some of her uh, introductory jokes were were very funny, but as the evening went on, she just kind of relied more and more on very awkward humor that just, like, really fell flat for me. And it was just kind of like, okay, just stop with the shtick, just move on with the show. And uh, it just seemed like, also, uh, in addition to her, like, a lot of the uh, the banter between the presenters, you know, if they have two people presenting in word, you know, they have to have that little jokey little talk beforehand. And it's like, and this year was just really stiff and really awkward and rehearsed, and it just felt so forced, like, even more so than usual. And uh, and although, you know, I did appreciate, you know, Bette Midler performing, uh Wind Beneath My Wings, and, and it was a good performance. It was kind of weird that it came after the In Memoriam segment, you know, after after presenting, like, all the faces of the people uh, in the industry who had uh, passed away over the past year, instead of, like, performing the song underneath the footage, you know. I think, I believe it was last year that, you know, they had uh, done that and then uh, ended the uh, the segment, and then uh, Barbara Streisand came out and sang a song where it's like, well, the focus should be on, like, the people who passed away, not the performer now, so she kind of inadvertently, you know, stole the thunder in a way. So, yeah, those are the parts of the show that uh, most kind of got stuck in my craw. Well, um, there's quite a discussion going on Facebook about uh, the the pizza. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't like that. I thought that that part was inappropriate, but I thought um, – Ellen, you know, did a fine job the rest of the time, but I thought that was uh, inappropriate. But um, and so does Phil Hall. He he wrote quite a long. Thank you, Phil Hall. <laughs> he wrote quite a long list of his favorite moments and and the worst moments for him. And he but he mentioned the uh, the pizza gig as as not being something that he was very happy with. But um, you're you're right, uh, Bette Midler star that she is and performer that she is I hadn't thought of this uh, I, I just love listening to her but maybe if she had sung that during the you know while the the images were portrayed I don't know I'll have to give I'll have to give a, a thought to that how about you Mac what do you think were the worst moments Ooh, um, worst moments were probably um, trying to be how can I put uh, worst moments of the show the, oh, um, well, yeah, the, the the one that stands out the most for me is when um, John Travolta mispronounced Adina Menzel's name. I mean, here she is. She's a Tony Award-winning actress. He's an actor. You know, and uh, what people might not know is that uh, whenever you are a presenter on an award show, you have to go to rehearsals a day or two before the show, sometimes the day of the show earlier that day. And, you know, you go through a run-through, and they, you know, there's a script and there's a teleprompter, and you go in and you rehearse whatever it is that they've written for you to say or whatever you've written for yourself to say, because certain um, people write their own copy when they go to these things. You know, it doesn't happen that often, but sometimes they say, you know, I, could do, I think I could do a little bit better job than what you might be able to give me, so they do it themselves. So the fact that he didn't know her name, and here she is, she's a, a Tony Award-winning Broadway star, a, a Grammy Award-winning singer, you know, it, the fact that he didn't know how to pronounce her name, that, that was kind of, you know, that was that was somewhat not even that was even somewhat that was an insult. Can we get that was just a total. That would have been like her going on stage, announcing him as uh, Joan Chabot or something like. You know what I'm saying? It's just he should he should have you know been more he should have you know been on his p's and q's a little bit better when it comes to that sort of thing. 
So that's that's the worst moment of the show, in my opinion. Oh, and another moment that I thought stood out in terms of you know it being surprisingly you know um, um, you know um, anti who you think she is is the kind of like mean spirited jab that she flung at uh, Liza Minnelli, you know, insinuating that she was a drag queen. You know, I, I thought that was out of character, Fallon. You know, she normally, that isn't the sort of material that she does. You know, it was funny, but then it was also like you could tell that Liza was, you know, not feeling it at all. And, you know, thankfully Ella was able to kind of, you know, get out of that, you know, fairly quickly. But it was an uncomfortable moment because when you saw Liza's face, I'm not, she was like, are you for real? Seriously? But <laughs> so, <laughs> well, those I, were the two moments that stand out in my yeah. mind. It did. It definitely did mix me up. Well, how about you, Diana? Um, why don't you chime in here on what you thought were the uh, worst moments? Well, I know you're going to have a heart attack when I say this. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> and this wasn't the actual Oxford show. It was the pre-show. Just watching that red carpet and all those people, just who you're wearing, what's your jewelry, who made it. And later I was listening to a fashion person, and they said, you know, it it used to be that was very interesting, but nowadays every star wears the same um, person's clothes, so it's no surprise. You know, every person now seems to have these own people that they're working with, and they don't oh. they don't um, change around now. And so they said it's not really a surprise who they're going to be wearing. You know, just just the particular clothes. But I do have to say, I love George Pernacchio. He's um, on the carpet. He's been with ABC for so long. You know, he was a film critic here in San Diego, and hmm. he's so expert. He knows everybody and who's coming. And some of these people that are up there before don't have a clue who these people are, and they're stumbling, and they don't know who their people are with. And it's like, okay, move on. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, no heart attacks so far. Yeah, that's that's a really good that's a really good point. Um, you know, I I think that. Um, that my worst moment <laughs> came when <laughs> Gravity didn't win uh, Best Picture. I was all set for it <laughs> because it had won ten. You know, I mean, it had won seven up to that point. <laughs> and I thought, oh, here comes Gravity. Boy, I'm gonna really well, celebrate. Well, at least the Lone Ranger got one. <laughs> and, yeah, I did. It, it, no, I don't think the Lone Ranger won anything. No, didn't it was it up something? for two, but it didn't. But, but, but I just, I thought this was a sure thing after all the Oscars. And then it went to Twelve Years a Slave, and I, th- I thought, well, now just a minute here. Oh, I know what's happened. This is a good thing because the Academy members have shown that they prefer a powerful story over technical achievement. And then I felt fine with it because that film, 12 Years a Slave, is just so powerful. And it's from it's translated from, the, from a, a book, a story that really happened, I mean, true life. And so I definitely um, am not upset about that at all. So, do you think I'm rationalizing, or, or can you can you all accept that? How, how about you, AJ? Does that sound like a, a good way to uh, to accept it when you lose? <laughs> I, I don't know. I uh, I had picked you know 12 Years a Slave to be the winner. It kind of seemed like this year would be sort of like a 
Avatar Hurt Locker situation where I knew gravity would clean up in the technical categories, but in the end, you know, I knew it would go to the more uh, socially uh, relevant and uh, important movies. So it it wasn't a big loss. You know, I think gravity, the people who won in those categories definitely deserve them. And I guess I didn't, I don't personally feel too strongly about either movie. I did, uh, I did, I do admire both of them and I did like both of them, but if either one had uh, one best picture, I wouldn't have mattered either way for personally. Well, I thought they were both great movies and uh, 12, 12 years a slave and just is just so hard to watch, but it's just, it really gets to you. It really goes straight to the heart and it was, it was so well done. So I don't know how you can, can be uh, unhappy because it won. So um, how, how about you, uh, Mac? I, I, how did you feel about, uh, about 12 years a slave winning? Oh well, I, me, um, yeah, I, I love that it won. Um, it was actually the film that I picked. I thought it should win and that it would win. Um, I, I was for a minute there for about a week or so. I was thinking American Hustle that might kind of squeak squeak in there and get it, and then I was thinking maybe Gravity. But I thought, you know what? I think I think the time has come, and you know the environment was ripe for twelve years of slave, you know, uh, um, you know, capper. Even if that was the only award that it won, and there have been some prior award shows where that was the only award it did win. Like the Golden Globes was the only award it won was Best Picture, Best Motion Picture Drama. I think that was the same. I think the case was also true at the BAFTAs a couple weeks ago where, where it, it won Best Film but didn't win anything else, if I'm not mistaken. But I know for sure that was the case at the Golden Globes uh, back in January. But I was I was thrilled. I was thrilled that it, uh, it won. I thought it was a, a, a phenomenal film. I'm loving the fact that it's going to be taught in schools now. They have made they've made that announcement. It, it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray today, and I highly recommend everybody run out to get it. You know, especially Ooh. if you have not seen it, so you can find out what all the fuss is about. Because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a really it's a, it, for me it's a seminal work. You know, um, and yeah. obviously I have uh, you know um, um, personal ties to that project, but uh, yeah. you know, yeah, in terms of you know being part of uh, my my uh, people's history, but yeah, I just I was bowled over by it, and I, and I can only hope that um, you know more people see it who have not seen it, and that uh, it's you know seen by people for for years to come. And I say the same thing, you know, about gravity as well. I, I think that's a, a technical achievement that deserves to be admired for years to come. American Hustle, I hope, you know, well, it's already certainly found its audience, but, you know, it will continue to find that audience for years to come. Most of the films that came out this year, believe it or not, the ones that were nominated, have, they were all phenomenal in their own way for the most part. Mm-hmm. There weren't too many duds. So this was an exceptional year for film, and I'm just glad that uh, the film that touched me the most personally you know, um, was was honored, but uh, and, you know that is not always the case. <laughs> that is not always the case. No. Yes, we all are all you know very much aware. But when it happens, boy, does it feel great. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm I was I was thrilled for it. Well, I think that that's great news that they're going to be teaching it in the in the school. So thank you for that bit of bit of information, and uh, that's kind of a good lead into our. Uh, to talking a little bit more about the best acceptance speeches. Now you talked about that emotional speech that Steve McQueen gave in mm-hmm. accepting the uh, the best picture, uh, and it, it did it did it moved me. It definitely moved me, and and was just so heartwarming to listen to and to see the, see him express so much emotion. And Diana, who do you think gave the best acceptance speeches? 
Well, I think everyone pretty much agrees. Um, you know, Lupita, I mean, that one one uh, comment she said about, you know, it doesn't escape her that she's got so much joy, but it's because of some pain in somebody else's life really struck, you know, the heart of all those people sitting there wanting that, that academy, but also realizing it can only go to one person. Matthew McConaughey and his, you know, thanks to God and, and what he went into about that and his friendship and, you know, he he really is a nice guy. I mean, he's he's not what you see in some of the stupid movies he chooses to make, but <laughs> <laughs> but he's a very good uh, family man and, and totally totally kind. Jared, you know, his um, for his phenomenal performance and his his thoughts, you know, about Ukraine and and Venezuela and all the struggles in the world. I thought that was especially um, poignant and. Um, I have all of the on-stage speeches, but not only that, I have all of the backstage interviews on my website, ReviewExpress.com, because they send them all to me. They send me all the transcripts, and they're all there, every word, if anybody wants to go back and read them. Oh, thank you for doing that. And uh, give give the listeners your um, link where they can go. It's ReviewExpress.com, and it says right on the front page, here's the Academy transcripts. Okay, and it's ReviewExpress.com, R-E-V-I-E-W-E-X-P-R-E-S-S.com, ReviewExpress.com. Well, that's a great service. Thank you for, for doing that. And AJ, uh, who, who do you think gave the best acceptance speeches? It's just going to be hard to pick because this year I think we were spoiled with a lot of excellent, sincere acceptance speeches. Like Diana said, uh, Jared Leto's speech, you know, where he began, you know, thanking his mother and for, and describing the hard times that she had gone through. It was very, very passionate and it came from the heart. And then you also had Lupita, of course, who just poured her her heart out, her heart out on stage. And then I believe it was the. Uh, I think it was the uh, best animated short film. It was either that or the live action short where the winner had uh, was reading the acceptance speech, and you could see his hands just absolutely trembling, and his paper was shaking. And oh, yeah. he was like, wow, this guy is just so nervous right now, but he pulled through really good. And then there was, I, I, you'll appreciate this, Betty Joe, uh, Robert Lopez and his wife, Kristen, accepting for Let It Go <laughs> for Best Song, where they performed, they, <laughs> they sang out. Pay tribute yeah. to their daughters. Wanted to say like, "Hey, let's do Frozen 2 and thank everyone involved." And that was really entertaining. I thought that was really cool. I like the way you think about that. I just thought they were so charming, and uh, just, <laughs> you know, I, it kind of shows in their movie and their the in that movie and the and the songs that were that went along with that. I I really think that movie is just great. I I think it's up there with the. Uh, Beauty and the Beast and the Little Mermaid. I think it's just I've I've seen it more than once, and I've seen it with my my granddaughter and my my daughter and my husband and all together. And I love watching them watch that movie because it's just they're just into it and and they're just you know smiling and getting the biggest kick out of it and wanting to see it again just like I do. So. I was really, really happy when that when that song won, and also when um, when the uh, movie won, best animated movie. And uh, Adina Menzel was just tremendous in singing that song because she actually did sing the voice for Princess uh, Elsa. 
So that was a great choice to have sing, sing the song. Well, let's go to the worst acceptance speeches. Okay, AJ, we'll let you start on that one. Uh, to, to be honest, I can't think of any that I really, like, dislike. You know, they're, like, the, the worst I can say is that some of them were, you know, just kind of typical, oh, thank you for the Academy and all this other stuff, but there none that I can say I actually disliked. Everyone seemed very genuine and sincere and not, you know, phony, and if they if they were phony, they did a really good job of hiding it. So, yeah, I can't say any of them were bad in any way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss. Well, that's, that is great because uh, we we have had some pretty bad acceptance speeches in years past. So if you're saying that most of them were, you know, you didn't have anything to complain about, I think that's definitely a step forward. Do you feel the same way, Mac? Yeah, at the second, uh, what uh, AJ just said, I can't think of any bad speech, uh, work, you know, bad speeches at all this year. If anything, there was some bad, like he mentioned earlier, there was some bad banter between the um, the uh, presenters, and, you know, and some of Ellen's stuff fell short. But in terms of acceptance speeches, everybody was pretty much on the ball. And, well, you know, like you also said, if anybody was, you know, phoning it in, they, they did it pretty brilliantly. So, yeah. <laughs> There's good actors. They had good actors up there. And, Diana, how do you feel about that? Uh, pretty much the same. I, I don't – I didn't find any of the speeches, you know, um, really bad. I did have – I did hear one comment that kind of made me go, uh, okay, and that was um, Catherine Martin for Costumes for Great Gatsby when she said, I have a few words tucked into my bra. It's a very Australian thing to do. It's where we put our tissues. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking, okay, I'm glad we're hearing it and not touching it. (laughs) (laughs) I think think she was a a happy camper because of winning for for her, well, her husband's movie. Isn't it the great Gatsby that won, you know, was practically forgotten and ended up winning two awards for, what is it, Mm. art direction and um, for costumes. Uh, yeah, she did a great job yeah. too. She deserved that. Yeah, she won yeah, both of those she, prizes for Moulin Rouge like ten or twelve years ago as well. So yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Um, she, so I, th- I think she did deserve that. Well, th- we're talking about the Oscars, folks. So we we have to talk a little bit about fashion, and we do have time to and we do have some time to do that. So who were the best dressed and the worst dressed? Mac, you want to start on that? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm such a fashionista. Um, <laughs> right. Let me see. Uh, best dressed, well, yeah, obviously you, you, I, I can only really talk about uh, the ladies there because, the, you know, us guys, what do we really have to do other than wear tuxes, right? You know, there really isn't much flair, even though I know some guys well, are trying even to talk about a little bit of color. But, yeah, um, the color, that's right. Yeah, that's why I picked yeah. Jim Carrey as the best dressed guy. Yeah, <laughs> I would say, well, you know, I, I, well, I, I tell you, of the guys, you know, um, I thought DiCaprio looked great. You know, I thought I thought he pulled out of the park. Um, I I wasn't terribly fond of the the white dinner jackets with the with the black you know slacks look. It looks you, you look too much like a waiter in my opinion. You know, I like I like you know the black the simple black or you know blue tuxedo. So you know you just keep it simple and 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 you know throw a bow tie on. I think you look you know that's the way you're supposed to look. Uh, and not too, you know, really big into the whole color thing, even though I would try it, you know, from time to time, but I would do it within moderation. As for the ladies, um, I thought Lupita looked amazing. I thought that that pale blue, um, mm. uh, you know, dress against, you know, her skin, that was, you know, I thought she looked uh, you know, like a princess. I thought Amy Adams looked amazing, you know, and I think she had on dark blue or black. Yeah, I, I don't she know. Did. Yeah, I thought she looked great. 
I thought um, Kate Hudson looked like a movie star. Like, yeah. you know, like, this is what a movie star is supposed to look like. She <laughs> she, she probably was the best dressed of everybody there, in my opinion. Um, probably her and Sandra Bullock, who I thought Sandra Bullock looked better this time around than she did when she won for her Oscar for Blindside four years ago. Which yeah, is kind I of, think you're... Yeah, I thought, I thought that black dress she was in, I thought she looked, she you know, you know, like, you know, like she stopped traffic. Both of those two, Kate Hudson and um, Sandra Bullock, they stopped traffic. You saw them women walking up the street, you'd be like, oh, yeah, i got to check them out. <laughs> so those, <laughs> those would be my you. best dress. Worst dress, uh, like I said, I wasn't really, a, you know, fond of the, you know, the guys in the white jackets with the, the slacks. They didn't look bad. I just, I'm just not a fan of that look. You know, unless you're a waiter or you know, the, you know, good yeah. humor man. I see where you're. Uh, I see where you're coming from, <laughs> Diana. What about you for the best dressed and worst dressed? Pick pick one of each. Oh, well, I agree with his other three about dress, but I also added not a winner presenter, but Matthew's wife, um, Camille Alves. She I thought was very elegant. Um, mm-hmm. Worst was um, Hathaway, June Roberts, and Kate Blanchett. I'm sorry, but those little round circles on her dress look like price tags. <laughs> and oh Farrell Williams for guys. You don't come to the Oscars in shorts. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> well, well, AJ. Okay, pick pick one. Best dressed, worst dressed. Uh, I don't know. I would uh, say like all of the all of the women just looked absolutely amazing there. Uh, the guys, you know, Pharrell with the infamous Arby's hat. He was rocking <laughs> that pretty good. <laughs> I would probably say all uh, worst dressed. Uh, I, I, I am, fashion is not one of my strongest suits, although I'd probably say like maybe worse dressed to be Jared, Le, Jared Leto in his white tux, you know, in the red bow tie. I kind of told my friends he looked like classy Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> so, uh, but, 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 but it's kind of like the acceptance speeches. It's like, I'm just like, oh, they all look fine. You know, they, they all look, you know, slick and everything. So yeah, no, no real complaints here. No York Swan dress, obvious kind of out there selections this year. Yeah. The like crazy share, like, you know, I like the fashion. Yeah, I thought they. I thought it was really a great uh, night for fashion, and uh, but I do pick Angelina Jolie as best dressed with runner-up pink, and that pink had that gorgeous red gown, um, and Angelina Jolie, that sparkly silver gown that she had on, uh, she just she looked like. Uh, uh, the princess in Frozen. So I, uh, naturally, I voted for her as the best dressed. And for the men, I vote for uh, Jim Carrey in his blue tuxedo. I thought he and I loved his imitation impression of Bruce Dern, and I think Bruce Dern liked it too. So I have to I have to give some kind of an award to uh, to him. And um, the worst dressed for me. Ellen in her Glinda costume after the Wizard of Oz thing. <laughs> that was just outrageous. But I, 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 I don't know. I can't complain too much about the Glinda costume after having seen Whoopi Goldberg in oh, the 1999 yes. Oscars do all the costumes. It's like, yeah. after that, I nothing else can get to me. That's enough trauma for a decade. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Whoopi because Whoopi, I thought, really, if you go into the Oscars, this is just me, if you're going to the Oscars, Pull it together. I mean, she just went. She looked schlubby. She looked like she didn't want to be there. She it, it was just she gave off the wrong vibe, in my opinion. You know, she when, didn't when, dress she, up. When, she, you know, when she came out and presented, she just she just looked like you know she just threw something on out of her closet, threw a shirt on underneath that, threw a, a chain she had on from like the 70s, and thought, oh, this looks good. And 
I don't know what was up with that, you know, Omasha Oz underneath her skirt, but yeah, we didn't need to see any of that. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Well, oh my gosh, I see that our time is almost up, but I think we have time for uh, for one last question. Um, what can the uh, Academy Awards do to be improved for for next year? Now, just give one thing because we've only got five minutes, and I have some announcements at the end. So, okay, Diana, one thing for uh, to be improved for next year. Um, I would like to see either on the red carpet or somewhere in the actual awards some more time or more footage or more attention paid to some of the older star celebrities that are there that we never get to see. Great, because uh, we we could have uh, had a lot more information about uh, about Kim Novak. I mean, I was just so surprised that she was there, and I know there's been some complaints about how she looked, but my gosh, that's Kim Novak, and she's older than I am, and so I think she looked pretty great. A.J., one thing to improve the Oscars for next year. Offer Seth MacFarlane more money to come back as host. No. Okay, good suggestion. And, Mac, one thing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to piggyback on what um, A.J. just said. Offer all the money you could possibly can to get Amy, um, oh, what's it, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey to come and host. Oh, they good do, They do such a great job with the Globes having come do the Oscars. That's a good, good choice, ideas. And everybody knows what my suggestion is. Bring back Hugh Jackman and to do a great, a great opening number. Well, I just have had so much fun today talking with you three, and I know our listeners have enjoyed it. But, but it is time to wrap things up. So here's a big shout-out to Diana Sanger, A.J. Hockery, and Mac Bates for being such terrific guests again today. We, we always enjoy having the three of you on Movie Attic Headquarters. And special thanks to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for choosing to feature this episode as a staff pick. We really appreciate it. And to Nikki Starr for her wonderful help. Unfortunately, her phone went dead today, so she wasn't able to come on the line, and she was so anxious to share her opinions with us. Thanks also to our chatters and other listeners. We hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time for a visit with legendary filmmaker Stephen Simon, the man responsible for such great movies as Somewhere in Time and What Dreams May Come. Please don't miss that, that show next week. He will be talking to us, to us about his new movie and about his bringing back the old Hollywood project. In the meantime, check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. Let's go out with my favorite version of, appropriately, Hooray for Hollywood! Yeah.